All right, welcome everyone to the TylerBloyer.com Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning live streaming show here on December 1st, uh, 2019. Uh, let's do a little sound check here, make sure we're coming in okay. Uh, there should be a little bit of a delay, so I'll hear myself in a sec. Make sure everything's a green light on this production of Doing It Live, TylerBloyer.com live streaming. It's been a little while since we've done that. Looks like I can hear myself coming in just fine. Uh, now, I have invited a few people into the Discord server as of late. I wasn't really promoting it or doing anything with it for a while, but I've you know, been using Discord a lot more lately. Um, so I'm also in my live streaming uh, interface right now in Discord, the voice audio and uh, the audio of this production will be streamed into the Discord server. That gives you the ability to listen maybe on a lower bandwidth uh, way, so I'm streaming this to basically YouTube, Facebook, and Discord. So Discord's more of just audio. Uh, also gives you the ability to chime in. Uh, once I invite people to chime in, I'm not listening uh, with any headphones right now, so if somebody were in there talking, A, your server muted, and even if it looks like you're unmuted, you would be muted on the server before you uh, became available to actually talk into the server and into the stream. That's a permission that I have to give you once I call your name to uh, talk on the show if we get to that point. So feel free to jump in there and if you're in there and unmuted, I'll know that you may be ready to be called upon. And we may do that randomly at any point during the show if it feels like a good point to do that. But mainly that's kept for the end of the slide deck, end of the show section, um, only to just kind of keep things streamlined and not get sidetracked during the show. Um, if you've been watching TylerBloyer.com, if you've been watching my uh, videos, you'll notice that, yes, uh, the stream of videos has slowed down as of late, but not a problem, no worries, I'm still here, I'm still producing content, as we'll be covering today. I've still been very active, very busy uh, in the different things I've been doing. And also, to recap, we have been going over recently in the last six months or so, uh, the issues with movements, the issues with falling into f movement traps, talking about freedom movements more specifically, um, but then also as of late in the Rule of Crowdocracy episode, uh, we covered you know general movements, the crowd consciousness, crowd psychology, and uh, we may touch on that towards the end of today's show a little bit more, but that's in a playlist on the YouTube channel. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, you can view that on the Falling Into the Movement Traps. There's the official part one, part two, and part three are out, but there's like 12 videos in that playlist also that are contextualizing the Falling Into the Movement Traps uh, series and really good stuff. I mean, I did like the Voluntary Slaves uh, presentation which explains my issues with voluntarism or wearing the label such as voluntarism and that wasn't an official part of the series I also did uh, consciously creating freedom that wasn't an official part of the series but those are all in there as part of the falling into the movement traps and basically what we are gonna spend about the next six months uh, uncovering and going over uh, and uh, it's been about yeah six months since I did the last live update from my sort of hiatus off of producing content. It was actually June 1st of 2019, so 
it's uh, perfect that today's December 1st, 2019. It's almost exactly six months later. Take a sip of coffee there. Make sure I can keep the vocals uh, sounding okay. <laughs> Calm down a little bit. It's been a while since I've done it live, since I've jumped on and just started streaming on my channels. And, uh, you know, not, not like I said, for any reason in particular, other than just other things came up, we've traveled. And also, I mean, the next step in the series where we're going to be covering more of how the crowds are manipulated, how these movements can become manipulated, or maybe there are, they are even manipulated from the beginning. So that's going to take a while to tease out. I've been letting some things marinate. I've been letting some ideas kind of fall into place before uh, jumping in and just producing an, a social engineering, you know, episode mixed in with whatever kind of MKUltra or even going into the French Revolution. These are the things that I've wanted to cover, but I want to link it together a little bit better and produce the next ser uh, part of the series, uh, you know, as tied together and as seamless as possible, not that it's going to be perfect. And uh, this work will be ongoing as we continue to talk about Crowds, crowd psychology, movements, uh, freedom movements, or, you know, my freedom movements, or the lack of freedom movements, people's escape from freedom uh, movements, as we've gone into, talking about Eric Fromm's work, uh, Carl Jung, uh, Nathaniel Brandon, um, as we've discussed these people and brought them into our works, Ayn Rand, you know, the, they are telling us and showing us how it's not an, it's just an issue of information that people need. And uh, it's not just an issue of, you know, if they could only understand what you understand, then they would want freedom as you do if you're someone who's advocating for freedom or getting frustrated with, um, you know, I hear a lot of people um, in different groups or the different circles that I might mingle with that may be considered more freedom oriented, uh, largely concerning themselves with waking other people up and helping other people understand what they understand. And at the end of today, we'll talk about this more, but it seems like, you know, again, the focus is on the external and it's not that that can't be a focus or that it shouldn't be a focus of someone once they've maybe come to understand certain things and wanna to try to help other people understand them so they could stop inflicting self-harm. But, you know, they, it seems like a, a an easy mask to wear these days, an easy virtue signal to throw out there that, you know, you're super concerned about A, B, C, D topics and, uh, you know, you're going to organize around them and, you know, we can do it and get together with these groups and do these things. But the, the main focus needs to be still an ongoing process of unfolding an internal discovery of who and what you really are and an internal healing of what needs to be worked on inside. And so I even see a lot of people, you know, talking about nonviolent communication or how to communicate with others. And it's always seemingly the focus is on external. And I like to bring it back to, you know, I don't, I don't fully agree with nonviolent communication. I see it as potentially, you know, something that should be learned about, but basically for a defense purposes, like to understand how you may be manipulated. Um, of course, it seems to improve people's interpersonal relationships and communication skills with others, especially in the family setting and with raising children and meeting needs. Um, 
but I don't see a lot of the focus on the internal dialogue, the internal self-talk, and also, again, the focus always tends to be external and fixing other people's problems or fixing the world, you know. But the work that really needs to be done to fix anything, the only thing that you can do to fix anything is work on the internal self. And I'm not saying that people that practice nonviolent communication don't do this. Definitely, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not, you know, attacking that at all. Uh, I think it's a form of communication in a tool bag of other tools that may be used in certain times. Because if, you know, if this, let's say someone's trying, trying to manipulate you, because I hear, you know, even this morning in our autonomy Q&A meeting, we were they were talking about, um, you know, not making sure that there's a fine line between manipulating and kind of coercing someone versus actually trying to understand saying things like, yes, I understand. I think I understood what you said. Let me repeat that. Uh, and then I agree, but so not necessarily that you fully agree that there is a concern that you'd like to bring up. Um, way to the way to phrase things, I understand the whole concept. I mean, I need to study nonviolent communication more, I think, to understand it better. But as far as I understand Marshall Rosenberg, even he himself is a kind of a shadowy figure. There's some possible ties into MKUltra and other uh, things like that. And that that's what I would like to focus on, you know, is that there is a threat from the outside with language and with people who use uh, language to manipulate and to coerce and to deceive and to brainwash. And these same tools that the nonviolent communication people are espousing and using are very similar, if not the same tools, that the psychopaths use uh, to uh, get a hold of your mind and to take control, basically, through years and years of NLP, through soft programming, right, through suggesting things. And it might seem like it's meeting even primal needs. A lot of it is like survival-based. So as we go into further information in tylerbloyer.com, you know, this live stream of consciousness, the different shows that I'll go into, we will talk about mind control and fear manipulation and basic survival instinct manipulation and the different tactics that are used on people uh, from the outside, uh, from the top, from the psychopathic realm, from the elite, uh, whatever, again, if you want to call it the Luciferian death cult, ultocracy, you know, what occultocracy, I don't give a shit what you call it. And I also don't think that it all just generates from top down. Again, like we are generating a lot of what happens to us in this world. And uh, not to get way off into the esoteric weeds. But again, nonviolent communication, I think, is a tool that we can use, that we can develop, that we need to be aware of. But it doesn't always come into play. It's not like a one size fits all tool. Uh, there's defensive tools, I think, and ways of, like, shielding against evil, basically, that don't involve just nonviolent communication and trying to meet needs of others and always this, like, n trying to fulfill needs of psychopaths, of people that are trying to brainwash you, of people that are trying to manipulate you, of people might, that are trying to kill you. I mean, there's there are uh, satanic entities on this planet known as human beings. I'm not saying, like, demons or anything like that, people that are opposed to creation through their worldview and philosophy. And that's what I mean by satanic. I don't mean some kind of like 
uh, even like Anton Levain, Satan, Satanism or anything like that, when I using words like evil or Satan or something like that, or I say somebody satanic, I mean that they oppose creation, that they're working against life. They're working against nature, against the laws of nature and against creation. So it's not all this like uh, biblical Christian uh, view of like some guy with horns, you know, or even like, you know, a personal Satanism, like Anton LaVeyan Satanism, that's more like a personal way to live according to like some strange natural laws, a loophole of like how to take advantage of people, but not, you know, type of thing. Um, kind of like resigning to the masses as just always being the masses. So why not rise up and become, you know, that's a different form of freedom. And we'll talk about that too as we go into libertarianism, voluntarism, and anarchism in the falling into the movement traps series. But yeah, so that's what's kind of a little bit of on the horizon with that series. And I know I kind of went all over the place there. Again, it's been a minute since. And today's show, by the way, is not a totally well-structured show with a huge slide deck. We'll have some things that we're sharing here. But it's more of an update show. As the title says, this is an update for what's been going on with me and uh, to give uh, get a little feedback on, on how the show's been going. Again, you're free to join the Discord server and actually call in and talk about any questions you've had up to this point of anything I've covered. If you totally disagree and you'd like to sh show me where I'm wrong, I'm, I'm actually open to that. I'm open for feedback and uh, a lot of the things that I understand or I'm able to talk about and, and do shows on up to this point have been because of being wrong and getting feedback and you know refine refinement uh going back and correcting yourself uh going back and correcting myself and then moving forward through that and it actually a lot of the time you can come out with some very valuable information by going through that process so okay i've just been on this one slide the whole time we have a nice title there we can bring in we have our secondary cam in a different position today and uh again let's pull up there's the Discord server. There's me, green guy in there, lighting up so you can hear what I'm saying while I'm on the YouTube live stream. A little bit of the technical background here. And then uh, here's the live page, tylerblair.com slash live. Uh, you can actually watch this from there. Let's make sure this is muted. Okay, yep. And there's Tyler showing his equipment, showing his new setup. <laughs> Pretty fun stuff. Uh, and you can also join the Discord server from here. Uh, you can install it. I've linked to the Discord site so you can install the application on your phone or on your desktop and uh, join my Discord server here. While we're in here, you can see that there's content for me on Minds, Steemit, DTube, BitChute, Facebook, and the Gulag tube. The Goo tube. All right, so let's get into it today. What do we got here next? We got a cut back to me, so I must have thought I was going to have something pretty interesting there to say. So we'll just get into the slide deck today, I think is what we should do, because a lot of that stuff I was going into, I can tangent on, I could ramble on, I could uh, go into those items, not even ramble and tangent, but actually provide some interesting insight on those things I was discussing but we do have some things today that we want to talk about and uh, one of those things coming up here is 
a course that I signed up for recently in, let's see, early September, I believe is when I officially started the course, and that was Autonomy by Richard Grove, and we're going to introduce the course here a little bit uh, with some better clips, in including Richard explaining what that is exactly. Um, but essentially, it's an online course of action which it teach you, teaches you or allows you to learn, and you can teach yourself through the course, the skills of how to become autonomous or how to be uh, more autonomous in your daily actions in life. A lot of the things that people want um, who value freedom and who strive after freedom uh, also overlap with be being autonomous as you'll discover through whether that's through philosophical discovery or through actually just perception viewing this kind of natural law that someone who's extremely dependent someone who's extremely and and I don't mean to say that there aren't people that are just down and out right there's life situations that happen there's uh, economic situations there's where you were born all these other things right but then there's people that are stuck on mental processes, conditioning that's been done to them throughout their life, where maybe they don't even understand what freedom is, they might not even understand the value of freedom, and they might not understand, you know, why anyone would want to pursue that. But what autonomy does is actually for those people on the path, so it's not just for randomly going and hitting somebody with that's not really just looking to seek individual freedom, um, but it's rather for people that are on that path but might not have all the tools uh, well-rounded enough or even understood or aware of the tools that are available to empower you to walk a path of liberty, a path of individual freedom, a path of autonomy. And so I'm not a master of any of those things. I feel like, you know, I am seeking that path in my own life and at times maybe striking it hard with uh, the actions that I'm taking and other times I might be completely lost and off the path. So for me, it's a reinvigoration and a reigniting of what I'm here to do, what I'd like to do in my life, my life goals, and not just like individual goals that I'm trying to achieve, but like the big picture idea of like, what is it that you're actually doing here, right? So a big part of that for me is, is the liberty to be able to operate when I want to operate in the places that I'd like to operate. So whether that's through podcasting and having the time to do this and the setup and the technical know-how and ability and the financial ability to, because this does cost money, like it's not free, right, to sit and do this. This this requires that a lot of upfront work went into something and to be able to take care of a lot of the financial aspects of things with a, you know, I'm financially providing for a family of five. We have to have a roof over our head. There's always certain things that we have to do. But for me, you know, being in independently non-attached to one location of work is a big deal. And so to, I have that autonomy now to be able to work anywhere in the world. And me and my family just recently got our passports uh, in the mail a couple of nights ago. So I'm fully uh, a legal slave now into the corporate piracy, uh, stock market, maritime law traded tax slave. But no, I mean, it. it it's one route you go is like no paperwork for any of the family whatsoever and you try to live that way in a completely non-documented undocumented human sort of way and to be honest with you i think that's a, an option that people should pursue and i have pursued those options 
but there's also another way to do it which maybe one day is going to be totally the wrong way or maybe we should have done something differently but we want to be able to travel and we want to be able to do it without being harassed if you read the first page of a passport document while crossing a border or something like that this might come into play it actually you know provides some explanation there of how as a citizen of the United States, blah, 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 you have the right to pass borders and travel without being harassed. And I did a butchering job of explaining what it says. But if you have a passport, or maybe I'll bring that into another show when I've thought about having it here in front of me, we can read that first page. And uh, we'll also need to, you know, go into a whole different realm of legalism and legalese and legal language. And the actions that we take as individuals that may or may not further entrench us into the you know anglo-american establishment empire federal uh citizen of the corporate legal fiction maritime legal tax slave traded <laughs> fiction you know that whole legal nightmare uh slave prison that's been created um it's all artificial of course but it's real in the sense that people believe and act in the beliefs of man's law and these different things. Um, I know, again, kind of going a little bit all over, but going back to autonomy and passports and traveling is very important to me. And so I've set up plans and backup plans and had to readjust this plan and start over the plan and jumpstart the plan of setting up a situation where I can travel where I can say, hey, I want to go here for two weeks. I want to go here for three months. We want to go live in South America for this certain amount of time so we can really learn the language. And, uh, you know, not to say like, look at me, look at me go, but we have achieved that. Like we are able to do that now. There are no boundaries holding us back from doing that. And, uh, you know, doesn't mean that we're going to freak out and go all over the place and run out of money or something like that. It just means we'll have home bases and then we'll have the ability with our children and our lifestyle to homeschool anywhere we want to, if we want to, and show them life, show them experiences, show them how to interact with other people f physically, face-to-face, -face, and actually uh, how to make uh, that work for you in your life and make it work financially. So doing this with a business, doing this with multiple businesses, doing this while an employee with multiple businesses. There's all kinds of different ways to uh, achieve more autonomy in your own life uh, through things that might be might be more attainable than you think in the near future and then you can only grow it from there um, but again today here's our live update title screen uh, December 1st 2019 <coughs> today is more of just uh, getting to know me a little bit more I feel like I should have done this show probably before even starting like Liberty Lifestyle you know um, but back then we were really still kind of forming our family and uh, I didn't know exactly where that show was going to go and how things were going to work out. But up to this point, at this time and place, I feel like it's a good time to be a little bit more personal and show people a little bit more of a personal side of myself. Uh, but before that, let's get into... Uh, again, the course I started back in September shortly after kind of coming back and doing my June update live stream. We've been talking about uh, all kinds of interesting topics here on TylerBlair.com. But on the side, what I've been doing to develop my production skills, to develop my speaking skills, to develop my communication skills, 
to develop my business skills so that things like this show can continue and maybe and absolutely get better and the value uh, that autonomy has provided has already increased the production value believe it or not of what we're doing here on tylerbloyer.com so uh, that's just one benefit that I've gotten from it immediate benefit and uh, let's let Richard go into a little one-minute clip here of what autonomy is autonomy, autonomy is a course, is a course of, action of action for individuals who seek to ignite, to ignite their, potential their potential in ways, ways that, that traditional, traditional schooling, schooling university, university and corporate and life, life kind of kind extinguish. of extinguish it's a personal, it's a personal journey, journey though the, though the elements, elements on most personal journeys are common, common people, people use them, use in, them unique in unique ways, ways. so, so the, first the first part of the course would be the unindoctrination phase, phase where we, where we uh, learn about learn our, about our learned helplessness, helplessness our, our need for provisional self-esteem these other aspects that are, that are kind of artificially indoctrinated or installed, or installed and then it moves, then it moves more, more toward adding a culture, adding a culture of, excellence of excellence so that you're okay we're going to try that again without the duplicate audio. Let's try that again. Autonomy, Autonomy is a course, is a course of, action of action for individuals, for individuals who, seek who seek to ignite, ignite their potential in ways mm -hmm. that traditional schooling, university, and corporate life kind of extinguish. It's a personal journey, though the elements on most personal journeys are common. People use them in unique ways. So the first part of the course would be the unindoctrination phase, where we uh, learn about our learned helplessness, our need for provisional self-esteem, um, these other aspects that are kind of artificially indoctrinated or, or installed, and then it moves more toward adding a culture of excellence so that you're uh, a, an amiable person to work around other people, mm -hmm. and then you simply add on high-level, high-value skill sets so that people can bring utility and readily add value through their thoughts and actions to others. All right. So for some reason in my test of this, it was a single audio track. In the production of it, which I was worried about, it went into a duplicate audio track. So it's going to be a little bit of me toggling back and forth on the mute button here. So hopefully, you know, that doesn't screw something up. But the second version there, I think, worked out. You know, we're doing it live, so there's going to be little hiccups like that. And it's funny that it happened on Richard's video because uh, he's the master of doing it live. I don't think he, he would see this, but if he does, I think you'd get a kick out of that. And speaking of do it live, maybe you have, maybe you haven't seen the Do It Live Autonomy Podcast. We are up now on week seven, which is currently on the editing floor and do it live podcast is a weekly recap of highlights happening during the week on in and around autonomy uh, it's uh the host of the show is joshua hill he's the executive producer of autonomy season two and uh, was there producing in season one as well as far as i understand hopefully i didn't butcher his title Joshua is the man, and uh, me and him have been getting to know each other. We've been working on different projects, kind of uh, getting things started. There's a lot of upcoming uh, things in autonomy, which are really exciting. Typically, it comes out on a Wednesday. That's the plan, is to record Saturday, uh, produce and edit and have published by Wednesday. That way, the people in autonomy get to join the live streaming show 
uh, Saturday mornings, uh, 8 a.m. Mountain, 10 a.m. Eastern, and join in and join the conversation if they like to. Uh, but also, uh, they can see it live like four or five days before you know the general public does, just because uh, they're in there in autonomy and have access to that kind of stuff, as well as all kinds of other stuff. Uh, Richard has an official uh, playlist set up, as well as there's one here in the autonomy students and graduates play uh, students thing. And so, uh, speaking of doing it live, let's just copy this over into my notepad right now, into my resources, and then I don't have to do it later. This is the Do It Live Autonomy Podcast playlist. Check it out. Like I said, uh, we're, we did the maiden voyage. Let's see, when was this? October 21st, 2019. And since then, the, the production value is going up. Uh, there's just a number of things that have gone on in the course. So if I'm not doing a good job explaining what the course is and you know how, how it might add benefit to you, because to, to be honest, like, as time goes on here, uh, this course has already benefited me so much that I will be talking about it. And, you know, if you're interested, you're able to go check out this podcast. You can get a hold of me, uh, tylerbloyer.com, or sorry, tylerbloyer is my Calendly link. So it's just Calendly slash tylerbloyer. And that's in my website somewhere as well, I believe. But you could schedule a time with me if you want to talk about that. Or if you have any questions, just send me an email uh, on that particular topic. Now, another thing that happened recently since I've been doing my live streaming shows is uh, Richard from TragedyAndHope.com and Autonomy, uh, GetAutonomy.info has been doing quote-worthy smart reads presentations on different topics. The one we're about to talk about here was Edward Bernays' book, Propaganda, Uh, and then also doing History Connected series where he's going in and showing you how this stuff connects in the brain model. And uh, for those of you like me that like to play along at home, it's been uh, challenging and triggering complexity to go and uh, do this type of research in the phase that I'm at right now because I'm in a sort of, uh, you know, we're focusing on my website phase and focusing on starting some new projects phases. And uh, so to go back and say, well, now I always need to keep a thumb uh, you know, a finger on this pulse over here. I always need to keep uh, my history and contextualizing things uh, more succinctly in mind and never stop doing the research. Keep, always kind of, when I need to improve, remember to go back and uh, do further research. I also just realized that I have my giant headphones on, which are unnecessary after playing that clip. Um, but again, technical challenges are causing me to jump back and forth on audio here, so it's no big problem though. Uh, we'll work through it. Uh, now, again, I was able to join this particular meeting, which was great. And another benefit of being in autonomy is that now, uh, if you're like me, someone who's been following Richard's work for over a decade, uh, sort of passively, somewhat actively, you know, b- being able to provide feedback, now there's a chance where I can actually uh, work alongside Richard, uh, providing questions and feedback if I have them. Uh, by being a part of autonomy and he's kind of being gracious enough to allow live Q&A during his productions which is just a huge value add I think not only to the production but to the members of autonomy who get to join and do things like that 
Now, that all being said, the, the value of this content itself is extremely valuable. I myself, over here, have definitely gone through Edward Bernays' book, Propaganda, as well as other similar works, uh, Gustav Laban's The Crowd, where he does reference, or at least uh, mention Laban, and, of course, studying for the, the rule of crowdocracy and other things like that. It's all within the same vein of what we're talking about here, so... Uh, you can hop on, on over to tragedyandhope.com and check out the full clip, but let's mute me up and get ready to play this clip and make sure this one works out without the double audio. Oh, now I'm, I'm muted. So, in this case, we didn't get the audio. So what the hell is up with that? Let's try it this way. Let's see what happens here. If you don't practice critical thinking, if you don't ask the questions oh, as you is. read, then you're going to believe every declarative sentence. And that is le that's like legit under control. That's not your conscience or consciousness acting. It's being programmed. So, uh, yeah, to stimulate thinking. So has, who, anyone have a comment on... H.G. Wells, are you aware of H.G. Wells' role in psychological warfare and the, uh, the future planning of lives? That, like, those ideas were created and they're put into action. Now they're affecting people's lives uh, who were born many years after these guys died because nobody's looked into it and it didn't become public knowledge that, oh, uh, mainstream media is totally worthless totally worthless and yet a lot of people are making their life decisions based on that they make their investment decisions based on the type of like low quality media so the the journalistic integrity has dwindled in this country because any type of place that could have legitimate journalism gets snuffed out by the people the the people with uh, well they're cheating they're not doing the real work they're just peddling lies and that's a lot easier for them to churn out. It's a lot lower overhead when you don't actually have to research your stories and actually do your own work. When you're just taking talking points from the White House and reading them as a newscast, that's the absence of journalistic integrity. And the fourth estate was supposed to be there to keep the, the people in government in check. The, the media originally, like this is conceptualized, is supposed to keep those guys in check they're supposed to be like watching the watchers right um but that got bought out 102 years ago so what do we do about it we're in, we're born into a system where there's just toxic ill information it does not it doesn't relate back to reality and if people take that as reality then their lives get really off track they don't end up with satisfaction and fulfillment so the key is understanding yourself and juxtaposing it to comparing it to that which exists and if you do that then propaganda and the techniques that they're using in these books it's a failure it is meant for people who do not have intellectual self-defense skills otherwise like knowing about the techniques makes you pretty much immune to them
Yeah, so when they roll out, hello, my name is Greta Thunberg. You killed my planet. Prepare to die. When they pull out, you know, little 12-year-old girls and that amazing piece of propaganda there that I'm sure Edward Bernays would be super proud of, you need to have some sort of defense mechanism against all the emotional appeals that are going on there because I understand, you know, it's hard to disagree with a child who's angry and wants you to be afraid, you know, of what, what she wants. I don't want people to be afraid. We want people to think clearly. And, uh, you know, she's just pushing emotional appeal, which obviously, you know, she's probably being set up to do so. Um, but speaking of, of Greta, is if you go look at her IMDb, at least it was this way before, she's on IMDb as an actress and she's in other movies about, you know, activism and climate change like that. So she's practiced and obviously someone saw her as a potential candidate for uh, someone who could carry out the script and read the script on a global audience and not even necessarily know what she's doing. And if you go look at, you know, the Council on Foreign Relations and how it's uh, spread its spider web out and now basically all the major media outlets are owned by uh, figures who are also tied in with the Council on Foreign Relations and the Bilderberg uh, Group and the Trilateral Commission and, uh, you know, the all those central hubs of propaganda and um there isn't a, you know, there's obviously the alternative media movement and what people are doing like this, but uh, the central uh, command center and the main voice that's going out over the airways is still very much centralized, even if it's coming from Greta Thunberg, you know, or any of these other actress, actors and actresses like Angelina Jolie is a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Well, why would they need an actress to be, you know, making uh, advisory decisions on foreign relations? Well because they understand that how propaganda works and the way that the public uh, mind works and the public consciousness. And uh, I have a quote here from Gustave Le Bon that says, such facts show us what is the value of testimony of crowds. Treatises on logic include the unanimity of numerous witnesses in the category of the strongest proofs that can be invoked in support of the exactness of a fact. Yet what we know of the psychology of crowds shows that treatises on logic need on this point to be rewritten. The events with regards to which there exists the most doubt are certainly those to which have been observed by the greatest number of persons. To say that a fact has been simultaneously verified by thousands of witnesses is to say as a rule that the f real fact is very different from the accepted account of it. And, you know, tying that in with Greta and the consensus science and this, this propaganda message that we're supposed to believe that if there's a consensus in science that we just have to accept it uh, generally. And that's, that's a really big piece of propaganda that's being pushed on the public right now. I mean, that is. So first off, uh, science is never finished. Science is ongoing. Science is not found by consensus. Consensus is the opposite process of science. So there's a couple errors just in those statements that people repeat all the time. And in so, until someone takes the time and say, hey, look, I understand what you're trying to say, but just so you know, that's contradictory. It doesn't make any sense. And that's why I can't internalize it. And we're having trouble communicating because I'm, I'm basing my knowledge of facts on things that which exist. For instance, uh, Greta is not the first person to be young and wheeled out in front of a UN audience. If you look at the 1992 Rio conference, basically an identical uh, scene 
is created. Uh, that followed the Gulf War Babies and Incubators, which was Hill and Knowlton, a public relations firm that was hired to do that fraud, to make people believe that something's going on that it's actually not, right? So them using children, young people, to bring emotion to the situation is what they need. It's the only thing they can do because the logic's going to fail. There's contradictions in their stance. They're trying to do something artificial. They have a they have a desire to do something, and they come up with a hypothesis afterwards to justify it. And it's throughout the whole body of literature on the topic. The Earth Conference in 92 came from the conferences in 84 and 87. And you can hear these guys and what they're talking about and what they're trying to do. You could write the, read the papers from like 67 and 68 where they said, we'd like to do these things, but people won't accept those things. So we're going to have to create these artificialities about these things to get people to believe these things. So there's a lot there to unpack and simply saying conspiracy theorist is not only intellectually bankrupt it's like a poor excuse not to think because you're only damaging yourself right like you're you're refusing to build your best asset which is learning how to ask questions and find substantial answers boom and for some reason the audio worked out much better there i don't know why i had to mute that first one that's part of doing it live and obs and uh you know Wow. I mean, I thought that was a great clip that I curated there. Who are those two fine gentlemen talking about? And what are they talking about? A lot of the stuff that we've been talking about here on uh, TylerBlower.com. And, you know, the way that this stuff works with consensus science and propaganda. And, uh, whoa, jumped into the wrong thing there, but that's okay. Because what I want you to do is... Uh, Check out that full video over here on tragedyandhelp.com if you get a sec. Uh, there's also Technopoly covered by Neil Postman. I mean, <laughs> covered by Neil Postman. God, man. It's like when your mind has like five other things. I'm thinking about like all this production stuff while trying to talk and produce. It's a complicated day with complexities and triggering things that are hard to do. I'm just kidding. We're doing it live. Technopoly, Neil Postman. I mean, just watching this man's interviews online was amazing. Uh, set of information to re-familiarize and familiarize myself with. Uh, one of his books, Technopoly, was covered by Richard in History Connected, as well as uh, tied in with the smart reads and a quote worthy. So you can see uh, we Richard has been producing quite a few shows since then. Uh, beyond that, uh, Neil Postman's work, uh, he wrote another book called Amusing Ourselves to Death. And, you know, he's just kind of warning, almost like this forewarning uh, from the 90s of, you know, the possible downsides to technology, the possible downsides to going from having a group of people that are localized that are actually able to go out and shake hands and help each other shovel the driveway and communicate versus saying that that's online, that online communities exist. Now, I'm not opposed to working with people online and working with this technology to communicate, as you can clearly see that I'm doing that right now. <laughs> the point is, is that when we, in our minds, replace community as being this virtual reality thing, that is a totally different category than the actual groups of people that can get together boots on the ground, feet on the ground, helping each other out locally, and I'm not saying that that's also not happening at the same time. 
The point is, is to be aware of the language that we're using when we're describing uh, virtual simulations of actual real things in reality, right? And a conversation even uh, used to be something that you'd have in face-to-face -face where you get to smell, you get to see, you get to pick up the subtle nuances, you get to see, oh man, hey look, Tyler didn't have time to shave this morning, you know? <laughs> I don't think the 1080p camera live streaming with all the stuff I got going on on my computer is going to pick that up, but the point is, is that in person, you can get a lot more information in a conversation than you can virtually. And so we don't want to replace in-person conversations. That's why, for me, uh, one of the most important things that happened recently was the Red Pill event. And we went to Red Pill Mesquite, Nevada, and I was able to actually meet, greet, interview, uh, sit down and talk with, go out to dinner with, have drinks with, have our, have discussions and debates and arguments with uh, people in autonomy and other and others as well. But people in autonomy met around this event, and uh, here's some of those people here. Here's Chris McMillan, uh, Susan, and his Chris's wife Marie, and me standing in front of the red pill uh, lights that they had there. They had like a blue and red light thing going on. It's kind of cool uh, with the different camera angles. It, it kind of worked out not so much though. <laughs> I think they should have just stuck with standard lighting. Um, but again, that's important to me to be able to actually meet people in person and network with them. That's something that, again, going back to earlier what we were talking about, that uh, with my life situation, I still work very hard, but I also like to travel and meet and greet different people from around the country, from around the world, and we want to do that a lot more coming up to make, you know, this connection back to physical connections, not just virtual reality connections, facades of virtual reality, right? And uh, taking the red pill is a big part of that. I was talking to the landlord of the Airbnb that I rented down there and I didn't explain the, what Red Pill was about or anything I'm about and I just said I'm at this conference called the Red Pill. I said it's kind of like about exiting. I was like, you know, in the movie The Matrix, the Red Pill, the Blue Pill, Morpheus offers the Red Pill or the Blue Pill. And, uh, you know, I'm t I said, well, the people here are taking the Red Pill. So she said, well, like what? Like exiting the Matrix, like with technology, like getting out of technology. And I was like, yeah, you're not you're not off there. I mean, you're not 100 percent on the mark with what they're officially talking about at Red Pill. But, yeah, technology is a big part of it. 5G and as what they're talking about at Red Pill. I, I don't know enough about 5G to talk about it yet, but um, I do know enough about <laughs> people's addiction to technology and our uh, sort of interfacing with it at this point has become so ubiquitous that it's hard to tell the contrast of what things used to be like without it. And I think one, one of the things that's changed majorly is people's ability to communicate face-to-face. -face. I'm not saying no one out there can communicate face-to-face. -face. That's what people want to hear when they, when they hear something that they might not fully agree with is like, he's saying no one can communicate. Like, no, there are still people that can very well communicate and people practicing the skills of listening and things like that. I'm saying for the most part, a large majority of people have been very heavily affected negatively by technology. And uh, like I said, it's hard to say, well, what would it be like without it? We don't have that quantification to be able to go and measure what it's like without it or with it. But 
um, you just talk to people, you know, just talk to people face to face and notice that they may even pull their damn phone out while they're talking to you and get distracted, you know. People have a very low attention span, so they're not even really able to have a conversation anymore. They're able to shoot off sound bites, they're able to spit political nonsense, they're able to parrot whatever they've been hearing on the news, uh, or whatever kind of social media ingestation of crap they take in, but the actual conversation skills are what's lacking, if you notice. We don't want to spend too much time on that. Well, another thing that we did at Red Pill was talk about, or sorry, we met, me and Chris and I, so let me, there's like too much information at once. Chris from Autonomy, uh, Chris McMillan, he's on the Autonomy YouTube channel uh, quite a bit as an interviewee. He kind of kick-started that, I think, with his energy. Even if others started it, he's the one that's been pushing it along. Even still, now with his truthconduit.com, uh, which you'll go check out. We're going to talk more about Chris later. So, uh, Me and him set this up beforehand. We planned on him interviewing I'll bring the technical aspect so these two clips we're going to be showing here coming up are Chris doing the interview sitting down with uh, first Robert Scott Bell and then the next guest that we'll talk about here and Robert Scott Bell just so synchronistically happens to live probably about 40 minutes south of me here if that and I've been meaning to reach out to him now that I said that in this podcast that's cementing it because I think that's two or three times now on recorded videos that I've said that I wanted to reach out to him. So perhaps I will now do that, <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> that's me kicking myself. I just wrote it down too. So boom, now it's now it's going to get done. Once I write it down, that's it. Robert, yeah. Um, just to go check out his studio. And again, these, these clips that I'm pulling up here, the people at Red Pill, I don't, like, I'm not 100% in ideological and philosophical agreement with these people. And even G. Edward Griffin. I don't fully buy the whole way that he portrays the way that the whole Federal Reserve System was passed. I've said it publicly before. I think he gives too much, uh, he gives too much, uh, apology He's apologizing too much for the Congress and how much responsibility they actually have for this. And there's a little bit too much, in my opinion, shadowing that it was the manipulation completely. You know, let's hold Congress accountable in that system of governance for those people that try to participate in that. I don't. I don't vote. I don't participate. I don't have a political system. I don't have any politics. Politics is just a form of mind control. Uh, and in this form, it's very insidious and uh, subversive and inverting uh, natural processes for responsibility and how to act in the physical world. But anyway, that being said, that they are responsible. These people in Congress that allow this system to continue and the way that it is are all paid, bought, happy, smiling faces about how it's all working. They know how it works and they're all right with it and they're all good with it and they could get rid of it and they continue to choose not to. And then, you know, maybe there's some interesting conversations that could be had there. But the point is just again with the caveat that just because I share some information, just because I share a video from somebody, just because I work with somebody or even if I interview them and bring them on my show. It doesn't mean that I'm 100% fully in ideological agreement with everything they say. 
or with autonomy or with tragedy and hope or with richard grove or with robert scott bell or with anybody that i have followed their work share their work read their work work with them currently anything like that and i just want to get that out of the way okay because there's too much of this like well he talked about this guy and now he's totally affiliated and he must be an agent or something you know what i mean it's just such weak uh accusations and research going on these days especially even surrounding you know the stuff i've been doing recently which is crazy and ridiculous but let's get into this i have a clip picked out here from this interview um uh, back on december or sorry october 11 november 11th i believe the date was when we recorded we ignore, we ignore our, our body's, body's constitution at our own peril as an individual. Yeah. So, if so if we violate, we violate our body's, body's constitution by poisoning it, it, it not I'm not even talking overtly like vaccines and drugs, which people are now getting onto, getting onto the, the hey, hey, that's pretty bad stuff. But what about the food? If it's genetically engineered. If it's, if it's loaded with pesticides and herbicides and fungicides and glyphosate, all of that stuff. And how many how people unconsciously, because it's just a habit, habit you don't think, think about it. It's like, well, I'm out at an event, I'm just going to eat. I'm like, I'm like no, no, bring your, bring own, your food. own food until you, until can, you find can find food that is going to bless your body and build it up. rather. Okay, we have to correct that audio, double audio. Sorry about that, folks. I'm going to go back and play this again. We ignore our body's constitution at our own peril as an individual. Yeah. And so if we violate our body's constitution by poisoning it inadvertently, I'm not even talking overtly like vaccines and drugs, which people are now getting onto the, hey, that's pretty bad stuff. Yeah. But what about the food? If it's genetically engineered, if it's loaded with pesticides and herbicides and fungicides and glyphosate, and high fructose corn syrup, all of that stuff. Yeah. And how many people unconsciously, because it's just a habit at this point, you don't think about it. It's like, well, I'm out at an event, I'm just going to eat. I'm like, no. Bring your own food until you can find food that is going to bless your body and, and, and build it up rather, rather than denigrate or, or desecrate it. So it's, a, it's an uncomfortable topic among many topics that people say, it's, that's uncomfortable, I can handle that. Yeah. But don't tell me I can't eat just whatever I want. So that's another part of the message that uh, for those that love liberty and are here for that good fight and for their, themselves and their kids and their grandkids and on and on, if you become dependent upon the pharmaceutical industrial state, how can you help others you know, to see liberty, to seek it? Because you have become enslaved chemically. Yeah. And, and so that's another area of the message that I don't think is, is getting out. It's getting out a little bit. Uh, I have to live this way for my own sake because I shared in my talk briefly all the ailments and illnesses I had since I was born yeah. and had to overcome so much. And there was a reason and purpose for it, even though I didn't understand it at the time. You know, as you go, why me, oh Lord? Yeah. And then find out years later, oh, that made perfect sense. I had to learn this indelibly by suffering through these things and, and overcoming them so I could teach others to do, do the same or better. So I want that for our community, those that have been red-pilled, yeah. that uh, it's not just about external environment, governmental issues, but it's also about this gift of life itself, the body that we inhabit while we're here. Exactly. It all starts with the self. Uh, do you own your own body? A lot of people don't realize that, yes, we do own our own body, but we are indoctrinated to think otherwise. It's uh, well said. Um, what's what's happening now with you? What's uh, the present and the future? What do you got going on? What's coming up? Well, I continue to, to broadcast two hours a day, six days a week. We're out on multi, multiple platforms, of course, uh, because there's a lot of censorship on the issues of health, particularly when it comes to vaccines. But if folks can go to robertscottbell.com, you can sign up for email alerts and... Uh, 
the diversity of outlets. Right now, I mean, we go out through Natural News Radio. My yes. friend Mike Adams, the health Adams. ranger, has set that up for us as well. Syndicated on GCN as well. The uh, uh, alternative options, while we still have them, it's still simulcast on YouTube and Facebook Live and, and uh, Twitter's uh, Periscope. Yeah. But DLive, Twitch, digital platforms, UK Health Radio, eventually all the podcast sites, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, you know, all of that. So we figure that the more outlets, the better. I don't even know who listens anymore. We've lost control. <laughs> but for me, I'm invested in it landing where it needs to land. So I don't have control over that, and that's fine. Uh, but I would encourage folks to engage at any point a little bit, a lot, but save and share what we're doing because it is an empowering message that is complementary to all these other empowering messages, yeah. but very specific to how you can care for your body and your kids so that you don't rely on so-called experts that even if they mean well, yeah. their entire realm of helping you is poisoning you. That's a good point, even if they mean well, because they don't all... That you know, that's just the way they they are programmed, and they, the way they are literally yeah. programmed. And I like what you said. Um, while we still can, and that's the theme of the Red Pill uh, Expo. The T-shirts mm -hmm. think while it's still legal. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, uh, Robert Scott Bell, thank you very much. I appreciate your time today. I'm and, honored uh, to be here. Look forward to uh, following you in the future. Thank you. And anything I can do to get the word out, I'm here for you. Anywhere you go, just let me know. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Take care. <laughs> All right. outro and sorry about the audio problems there folks uh, that setting was completely opposite from what worked on the last video so not a big deal <laughs> we'll work through it and uh, as long as uh, we can get some good version of it out in this stream then we'll leave this stream up if there's some horrible issues that I need to go back and correct that just sound bad we'll go back and fix that but part of doing it live and part of this uh, is not having to do so much post-production. That's why I put a lot of work into the upfront effort of this. And I gotta say, I really liked the footage of that. Who did that footage of that awesome clip there that we just saw? And that was my amateur uh, abilities there coming out with my amateur cameras and amateur recording equipment. That has been a couple years in the works even to get to that point. Now, if I just went and attacked it and wanted to interview somebody right away. But if you go back, you know, to my Liberty Lifestyle podcast, one of the first interviews I did was with Skylar J. Collins. He actually came and sat in this room right here with me. And you can see how things have improved since then. I think that would give a nice little glance back on how uh, I've come along. So not giving myself a huge pat on the back. I'm just saying if you apply pressure, consistency, and show up and uh, do it with excellence and try to keep on improving uh, it's amazing what you yourself can be capable of now uh, let's jump right into the next clip I just switched the slide even though it looks similar there if you can see the next guest that Chris and I were able to interview at red pill was G Edward Griffin and by the way I would like to provide some commentary on Robert Scott Bell's clip before we jump in really quick let's see if I have a full video I can go to myself here with before I do that while I talk a little bit is just you know how I really need to go check out uh, Robert's show and what he's talking about there that stuff interests me I'm very interested in uh, learning more about you know how health is manipulated I understand quite a bit about the medical establishment and 
pharmaceutical industry. Even the pharmaceutical drugs themselves were mainly largely paid for and developed by like Rockefeller grants and funds and donations and it, uh, foundations, these not, uh, NGO, non-governmental organization type structures. But the goal was not necessarily just, you know, benevolent philanthropy. It was to control the medical, um, the medical paradigm and to change natural ways of healing the body into uh, chemical-based, uh, petroleum-based drugs to, again, reinforce the Rockefeller regime. And uh, not that they're the only ones behind all this stuff, but uh, they were a front on the, the window dressings on the limited hangout that we get to view of people manipulating these uh, older known ways of healing the body, but then future research and development into things that could naturally heal the body that wouldn't require a scalpel or uh, necessarily like with cancer, like all the different chemotherapies and things that are pushed now. There are alternatives out there. So I really like that Robert Scott Bell uh, spent some time talking with Chris about that. And I believe in this next video with G. Edward, they get into that too. Uh, I'll stick around here for a sec and hope the audio comes through the first time we do this one. I think what I will do is just put it the same way that the last one was and hope that went well. Or hope it goes well. But uh, here's a short clip from J. Edward Griffin that... I was able to sit down and record with Chris McMillan doing the interview. Very good. Very good. And I really enjoyed your really presentation on the uh, the cancer aspect of oh. well, thank you. Uh, of the Red Pill Expo. Um, yeah, health was a very important topic because we, you know, it all starts with our bodies. You know, if we can't make any changes until we take care of ourselves, which is um, oh, Lord, yes. a very important theme that not many people seem to realize. Well, yes, and I know we don't have a lot of time, but it just brings to mind when I, when I began to do the research for the book World Without Cancer, the story of vitamin B17, I had already been active in the social political movements, and some of my friends were saying, Ed, what are you doing over this, in this field of health? I mean, stick to what you know, you know? Well, if I stuck to what I know, it would be very little. <laughs> That's my job is to go learn about yeah. things and then tell what I learned. And they said, no, that, that'll just confuse people, and, and you're getting it over your head. And by that time, I had already discovered that the health uh, industry, let's call it what it is, an industry, was highly influenced by the chemical cartels that came out of Nazi Germany. I thought, wow, I never knew that. And I thought, I have to tell people that part of the story because when you try to tell them that there are, that there are substances found in nature, that are very curative. In fact, they'll prevent diseases and cure diseases and it comes from nature. You can take it off of the tree or cut some grass and find these substances that are much more effective than chemotherapy, for example. They'll say, well, that can't be. How come my doctor doesn't know it? So you have to deal with that issue. Why don't the doctors know that? Yeah. And this is critical. So anyway, and I, I thought I was probably making a mistake, but I stuck with it and I thought, all right, let's see what... Now, after all these years have passed, we see that more and more people are realizing that there's a connection between health and liberty. Yeah. What's the point of being healthy if you're not free? Yeah. What's the point of being free if you're sick? Exactly. In order to realize your full human potential, you have to have both. Yeah. So there you go. We have. own our own body. That's right. All right. Sorry about that little double audio again, but that came through all right, I think. Now, 
That clip you can see in its entirety on the Autonomy Students and Graduates YouTube channel, and I suggest doing so, uh, as well as I think at some point the Red Pill Expo videos will be posted. I need myself to go through them, because to be honest with you, I didn't get to spend as much time as I would like to with the um, topics that were discussed with the people that presented. Me and my family, uh, we have young children, and so we weren't able to attend the lectures, uh, but we did commingle network with people and we plan to follow up uh, with all the people that we met and as well as G. Edward and Robert Scott Bell. The next uh, red pill being in Jekyll Island, I'm not sure if we'll make it out there, uh, but like I said, we do have the ability to now, so we'll see how it goes. Um, now we're gonna get a little bit into more of my family here. I wanna talk about what we've been doing, what we've been up to lately, and get into that now because we've been going for over an hour now. It's amazing how time flies when doing these live streams. Um, but I plan to go about two hours today, maximum three hours if we get any people trickling in on the live call-in show. I'll just remind people at this time that they can go to tylerbloyer.com live and access the Discord server. If you're listening now, have any questions, and would like to chime in, you're free to jump in on the Discord server, and we'll take your questions and comments live on the air. All right, jumping into these next slides. This is my beautiful daughter, Amelia, and on her third birthday, or shortly before, and she got a scooter this year, and as you can see, it's been a little bit cooler weather this year. Um, but she turned three on October 27th. We celebrated her three-year-old birthday, and uh, she's just been a beautiful and amazing addition to my life. I um, think that she's such a beautiful person already, and her personality is really coming out. She's very sweet and caring young girl. A lot of that comes from the excellent mothering, and uh, we'll get into Cassandra, her mother, a little bit more here, but I just want to say now that I appreciate uh, these two women, these two girls in my life um, so much, and I love both of them so much, and I just appreciate having Amelia as part of my life. And as you can see, here is uh, Cassandra that I was talking about, uh, doing what she always does so great, which is take care of our, our three children, and uh, <clears throat> such a good mom. She It comes naturally to her, I was telling her yesterday, uh, her parenting abilities, but I know that a lot of effort has gone into refining that over the years, and I really appreciate that, and part of what brought us together was uh, her parenting and what I saw that she was doing with her son, uh, Vincent, who who I'm now father to, uh, basically, you know, I live that model, and he, he has his biological father, and uh, he's a great dad as well, and Vincent is lucky enough to have that dad in his life as well. But uh, I do fulfill the role of in-home parent and uh, just absolutely am blessed and can't believe how much my life has changed in the last four years. And uh, here's the picture of the whole family. And we went to uh, Goblin Valley towards the end of our Red Pill Expo, expo uh, trip and from Mesquite, Nevada. We were able to spend some time traveling around in the desert. And in this particular photo, we are at, uh, it's a beautiful shot. We're here, we're there, <laughs> there and here in Utah at Goblin Valley National Park or State Park. 
and you might recognize this. There's been some movies filmed here. I forget the one with uh, Tim Allen. Uh, uh, Tim Allen. <laughs> uh, space something. Uh, there's a rock scene. They're actually filming in this uh, place that we visited. I was able. We were able to catch it just before sunset and play, eat some dinner, and then play around on the rocks there. Uh, here's another shot of me and the kids at Galpin Valley. The camera was wanting to pick up on the sunset there in the background, so we couldn't quite get an in-focus shot. Um, but again, uh, just a beautiful trip with my family and I in Goblin Valley State Park. There, some kid, the kids running around on the structures there. Now, there's some theories. My theory is it's mainly water which caused this. Uh, water eroding the rocks at a certain level for a certain period of time. Wind is also a big factor, obviously, but with the shape of these rocks, I believe that uh, the, the mushroom gods of Terence McKenna were here on the planet with the archaic revival. No, I'm just kidding. And that was a bad Terence McKenna impression. We'll leave the impressions out of this particular production today. Uh, let's uh, see what else we got here. Here's just a beautiful shot of Capitol Reef National Park. In the morning, we... We thought we had a drive in front of us to go discover things and five minutes away from our hotel we came across this like chimney rock type thing and went on a beautiful morning walk. Vincent uh, was allowed to take some photos. <laughs> and this is actually in a slot canyon in Capitol Reef. We got a nice family photo here with one of the tripods. We had a minimal equipment set up with us so we were able to uh, get a lot of good photos and play around with some of our gear. But this photo here uh, was in a slot canyon as well, like at the end of a drive we went on in Capitol Reef National Park. So me, just happy as can be with my two little children out there exploring. This is what I love to do. And uh, great, great photos here. Uh, I got some comments on this photo after it was shared around on social media, like how cool it was me walking down the slot canyon. And it's funny because I was telling Cassandra about slot canyons and maybe one day we could go explore one. And then things work out that way. We just kind of stumbled upon one. And it was cold <laughs> and there was wind coming through this canyon. And my children, you know, didn't want to walk anymore. So you just pick them up and you keep going, right? <laughs> And uh, here's my here's Vinny. He's eight years old. This is uh, Vincent. He is not my biological son, like I said. But since uh, Cassandra and I are basically married and uh, have our family together, Vincent is I call him my son. Uh, he calls me dad. It's a beautiful relationship. I think I was able to meet him early enough in life to where we'll be able to grow our relationship and bond uh, much further as time goes on. And here we're actually doing some weaving uh, with some paracord. We're making some paracord weaves and practicing his paracord uh, skills so that he can make some prototypes and eventually he'll have products for sale and become his own little entrepreneur. This is an idea that I got from Richard and Autonomy. Uh, one day we were in a live Q&A and I was talking about how I would like to show Vinny how to do a business rather than talk about it or teach him like we just wanted to do it. So Richard came up with zipper pulls and zipper pulls are like I'm showing here on this screen. Uh, you can make a small paracord weave and uh, add it to a zipper that's harder to pull or is smaller. Maybe you'll have winter gloves on when you're trying to pull it or in an emergency situation like 
I hooked one up to my Swiss Army here that I always carry in my pocket, now I can easily access it, and to my camera equipment bag, which has a tight zipper on it. These were my first two examples. After kind of talking about this with Richard and coming up with the idea for my son, I showed him how to do the weaves, and now he's off doing bracelets and keychains. We ordered the autonomy colors, which he uh, picked out. He color matched them. They're, we still need to do a little bit of work uh, with paracord. There are different uh, gauges there are different size paracords you can strip them down to seven string paracord three string paracord I'm sure there's more uh, nine string so there's strands within the paracord and this can be used to, to uh, make an emergency medical device if you needed one it could be used to any any purpose where you would need to tie something together in an emergency uh, it can be used to light on fire it could be used to start a fire you can carry things in here, like pack in what we're going to do moving forward is pack in survival items into these things and eventually have products for Vincent to be able to sell and online, whether in person or give away as freebies for gifts. So he's going to experience what it's like to start a product from beginning to end and then uh, actually sell that to people using the skills of entrepreneurship. Uh, here's a shot of me and my family at Wheeler Farm. In uh, this is pre uh, pre Halloween, I believe. So all this stuff that I'm showing has been in between my last live update and today, but it's been more recently. So this is around Amelia's birthday at a little farm here called Wheeler Farm. A beautiful shot of me and my family, even if the lighting could use a little work. <laughs> and here we are on vacation in Mesquite in our Airbnb, and I sat down to try to get some work done. And uh, one of the reasons why maybe I don't get as much uh, content produced or things done as I could is a uh, big reason for that is what I'd rather be doing, which is spending time with my little children. And uh, this is what happens when I, dad sits down to try to work a lot of the time <laughs> is you get two little kids on your lap that immediately pull your attention away from what you were previously focused on, which is totally fine because that's my priority. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what the show is about is today is my family has always been my priority and uh, especially now it, even more so as we grow as a family and continue down me and my wife's uh, path with this family it, it's definitely something that I put out in the forefront of the top of the things that I like to focus on especially if I'm looking for high value ways to spend my time that's going to be family time um, but besides that it's uh, what I do to bring in and provide for my family and then the content production and sort of this uh, whole vocational side of what I like to do with the research and psychological uh, aspects that we like to get into here on TylerBloyer.com. But uh, let's get into the next slide. So me and my wife recently uh, celebrated also our four-year anniversary. Um, so yes, we do have a three-year-old. We've been together for four years, so a lot's happened over the last four years, and um, I couldn't be happier. I'm just super stoked and excited and still just resonating from you know just the greatness of meeting somebody and then having our lives transform together and develop and blossom into what it is uh, I wouldn't couldn't have asked for a better partner um, extremely happy with uh, Cassandra's and I's relationship we've come a long way we've worked through a lot of different things already and I'm you know, couldn't be happier with having a partner like Cassandra to move forward with through 
life and this journey and uh, someone to parent with and homeschool our kids with, I literally, there's no one else that I'd rather be doing that with. And here we are. Uh, that's Capitol Reef in front of a giant, I mean, that picture doesn't do it justice in front of this <laughs> giant structures uh, around that area. And then here we are at my mother's house, uh, closer to our Thanksgiving, or closer to Amelia's birthday, I believe this was, uh, with a great photo there, a little blurry. But yeah, so again, our four-year anniversary we celebrated, we were able to have a night alone, thanks to my, my dad. He was watching the kids that night, and uh, we really enjoyed it. We had a good time, and we, we were both invigorated to just go on this next leg of our journey. And I, I can't speak for Cassandra, but I I hope she's as happy as I am um, in this situation. So I couldn't be happier with our four years together. And I, I look to do, you know, 50 more. If not, you know, a lifetime more, whatever it takes, sweetie. I'll be here for you <laughs> and with you through this. And that's the end of the family slides for today. And uh, what we're going to get into here is a little bit more of what's on the horizon for TylerBlair.com. Uh, we have another clip to share coming up, and uh, we'll get into that. So, uh, falling into the movement trap series, we've been covering that on TylerBlair.com. We are currently waiting on part four to be created and produced that is in the works. I have lots of research and other things that I need to look into and add to that work before it continues. So what I've decided to do in the meantime is have uh, different tops or contextualizing topics or surrounding work that I can do and bring into these Sunday live streams when I have time to do them. When I'm able to do a Sunday live stream, I'd like to get into doing them more. And uh, even today's video, I feel like this has been awesome to sit down and be able to give an update of what I've been up to. You know, and another thing I talked about with uh, Brett Vinat recently on uh, Mastermind he did in Autonomy, he does Tuesday Night Masterminds, is content production. And, you know, through that conversation, I was able to sort of set a game plan moving forward. And without coming across as just wanting to put myself out there and, ooh, look at me and look at the videos I'm producing and uh, all this stuff, like, I, want, I do want to make unique, valuable, interesting content that's something that people in freedom movements, people that are kind of coming out of the haze of a lot of the ideological uh, bullshit that goes on in the so-called freedom movements and looking for that next straw, next thing to get into. There's a whole world of things to get into beyond that to move forward in your progress. And I, you know, like to think that I could be a step up out of that to be a rope that's thrown down in that well to help pull those people out of there. And so, yeah, moving forward, with falling into the movement traps, we'll definitely continue to cover movements and things like that, but I'm going to start to sprinkle in just conversations, Q&As, interviews. Uh, we'll be doing a lot more live streaming interviews coming up on TylerBlair.com now that I've got that down. Data, uh, David Whitehead was sort of my test run with the new setup that I have, and you know I learned a lot through that because things didn't go exactly the way that they should have. So yeah, falling into the movement traps, we will continue this work. Next part is going to be on like social engineering and cybernetics and the manipulation through the various means that people are manipulated in these movements, uh, things that people probably haven't even thought about yet. And then we'll dive into specifics about more of specific movements. I hope to bring on some guests to add 
uh, more information to that and uh, and more perception different perceptions on on this whole subject so that'll be how we've done moving forward to recap uh, part one the struggle for freedom we talked about you know how, how man may not even want freedom that he may be trying to escape from freedom and a lot of the freedom movements and things that we see inside of the freedom freedom movements may actually just be shells or false personas or masks of um, what people are are portraying as somebody who wants freedom somebody who's striving towards justice somebody who is trying to get climate justice or trying to you know help these immigrants over here and what a lot of the time we find is that those are escapes from freedom that these people are not dealing with the internal shadow work they're not dealing with themselves they're not making a connection with themselves they don't have a true individual self to speak of they're uh, the Borg you know and uh, a lot of the time they will use things like freedom to disguise and mask themselves in and we have to be aware of that the secondary matrix was going into how uh, people can break out of a lot of the primary conditioning the primary matrix controls whether it be waking up to econ the economic system waking up to the public school system waking up to the various foods the various medical uh, things that are going on to the various uh, information streams that come in that are toxic and poisonous um, but they're still stuck in the depop world they're still stuck in a world of eugenics and social darwinism they're still stuck in the death cult world of vaccines abortions depopulation uh, control and dumbing down and creating the board collective you know they're they may be aware of a lot of the stuff but they're not effective at changing it they're in the secondary matrix as I like to term it and even if they are effective like they may be in the wrong path themselves trying to change others trying to change the world right and uh, there's a lot more I could go into there but we're just recapping you should go and watch these full streams uh, these were done throughout the last three or four months <laughs> and then the rule of crowdocracy again covering crowd psychology uh, that the rule of any crowd is that there will be some amount of non-critical thinking, some amount of accepting uh, declarative statements without facts backing them up, some amount of people that are, again, hiding in this movement, hiding in the crowd, hiding in the group to sort of take on the nobleness of the power of that group uh, without actually having done the work themselves. And so that's one of the rules of a crowd, and that's why I called it the rules of crowdocracy. Now, something I'd like to touch on again, because in the future I'm going to be talking about this, is my Creature of Control podcast. Uh, one of the reasons why I left this browser open over here uh, is to be able to share this screen. Let's go into a desktop share, if possible. Crap. Wasn't prepared. Do it live! So on my website, you can in the feed, you'll go to the very end of it and you can find these creature of control. Um, also from the front page, if you f see this picture and click on it, it'll take you to this page and it has these four episodes of the creature of control podcast I did back in 2014, 2015. And I brought that up now because a, I think it's valuable work to still go and go through again. If you haven't heard of this, that's why I'm bringing it up here. Uh, there's lots of content here if you like the work that I do and you're kind of 
caught up and there's nothing else to go through but you haven't seen these you can download these you can listen to them on YouTube they were originally all this was uploaded on uh, Potomatic I think and then liberated syndicate later on and so now I just put them on YouTube and I made them so they were available it's not like I was promoting them on YouTube and these are not on my official YouTube channel but the point was is that after or towards the end of the falling into the movement traps I will be covering again the topics from the creature of control and in the plan currently the default plan is to reinvigorate that show and get back into identifying the creature of control and uh, this one here talks about psychopathy um, making people aware of psychopathy and then identifying psychopaths in our midst and how to identify or sorry how to defend against psychopaths so that's going to be coming up on the uh, in the late future of tetherblower.com. But tomorrow I will be sitting down with Chris McMillan of the Truth Conduit from, from Autonomy. He has uh, been killing it with all the different interviews that he's been doing uh, as of late, including uh, Tristan Haggard was one. You saw him there with Jedward Griffin, Robert Scott Bell. He's interviewing people from Autonomy. Uh, there's different information on his website that you can go and check out the different interviews that he he's done we're going to sit down and do some live streaming on uh, zoom we'll try out some of the technology sides of things for a more uh, light-sided interview me and him just kind of going back and forth i will be finding out more about chris in that show and uh, me and him are going to have a fun time that night anybody is welcome to join again it's the same thing as any of my other shows there'll be a discord open that you can join of course, nobody's taken me up on that yet, but hey, we're just getting started. We got a long way to go here. The infrastructure is still being built out, and Chris is one of the people helping me do that. And he and uh, his productions, he and I have a lot in common with what we're trying to achieve, so we'll be working together more in the future. And uh, look forward to that. Now, that's the end of the official slideshow presentation today. I would like to remind people that they are more than welcome to join me over on tetherblur.com slash live, jump into the Discord server. Now would be the time to do that because after the next video, I will be taking anybody's live calls that wants to join the conversation on the air. If not, we'll probably be wrapping it up shortly after that today. And uh, let's see, what I have prepared here is a great uh, clip from Victor Frankl, but before we get into that, um, if you have any interview suggestions, somebody would like to see me interview on the show that you think that would fit well with this information that we've talked about in Falling Into the Movement Traps, or maybe somebody from Red Pill that you'd like to see me talk to or something like that, you know, reach out. There's people that are sending emails, and I appreciate the feedback. There are people that are uh, providing feedback, and I really appreciate that. I invite it, and I wish more people would uh, chime in and you know here's a platform you can jump on there's there's no no one's gonna yell at you no one's gonna uh, bite your head off uh, you're free to start your own YouTube channel and invite me on I would be happy at this point in the production of things to do that stuff you know we can we can help grow our YouTube channels together not that that's my ultimate goal but hey it's part of it what's the point in, in doing these videos if nobody sees them 
right? So we have been growing and things have been developing behind the scenes that are really going to add to the overall quality of the content moving forward with TylerBlur.com. I've got like several years of things in front of me that I want to do. Of course, those things will probably change as time goes on. Um, but one of the things that I think was really good was David Whitehead and I's conversation recently. Uh, here, let me go ahead and kill this browser now that I don't need it anymore. Just to save on CPU. But yeah, David and I sat down and I just was blown away by that interview. Not not any part of it that I did, but I felt like I told my wife afterward. I feel like David just like opened my mind up, dropped something in and boom, like... The energy that he brought to that show, even though he had a place to get to that night and the amount of time that he spent with me and then what he discussed and how he's put it forward and the development that he's been able to do on himself and the work that he's doing with Unslaved and Michael over there. I recently renewed my uh, subscription on Unslaved and started going through all the podcasts again, which I had wanted to, but for a while there I kind of stopped the subscription for some issues I was having not financially, but with their site, I was having some issues with the payments um, and it was double capturing payments for some reason. But I haven't had any issues since then, but I, I say that the content over at Unslaved is top notch. It's not like anything else you'll find out there on the internet and worth going for the, I'm not like getting any kind of affiliate or Dave, David and I didn't talk about me talking about this. I just think that the information's worth paying for to go and get because of what's being discussed there. And I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, so yeah, go and check out the interview I did with David. Um, it's good quality. I had to re-upload it because of some of the issues we had during the live stream. Um, but what I'm going to do here is go ahead and share what I thought was a great video from Victor Frankel. We'll go ahead and mute my mic and hope that it just comes through with one track. And then I'll come back and close up the show and take any, any questions or live calls that come in. And... Uh, We'll see how this sounds. They wish, they wish to make, to a, make lot a lot of money. In Europe, every American student, if more every American adult, is regarded as someone who is just out to make a lot of money. Really, 16%, 16% of these students regarded their main goal and concern in life to make a lot of money. I'm quoting literally, make a lot of money. And you know what the top class, the top category, we say category, category, what do you say? Category was among, you excuse me, but uh, I know I am speaking a marvelous accent without the slightest English. Now, <laughs> you know, you know what the top category was? 78% of these American youngsters were concerned as they expressed it themselves with finding a meaning and purpose in their lives. So this is realistic, a realistic view on man. And you know, you won't believe it, gray uh, hair my age, I started taking flying lessons recently. Do you know what my flying instructor told me? If you are starting here, wish to get here, say east, heading for this, and you have a crosswind, 
you will drift and you will land here. So you have to do what we pilots call a crabbing, he told me. C-R-A-B, crabbing. You have to head for north of this uh, airfield air and you have to fly that way, you see, as if you headed in this direction. If you are heading here above this airfield, then you will actually land here. But if you head for here, you are landing here. This holds also for man, I would say. If we, if we take man as he really is, we make him worse. But if we overestimate him, It's premature your applause, you will soon know why. If we, if we seem to be idealists and are overestimating, overrating man, and looking at him that high, here above, you know what happens? We promote him to what he really can be. So we have to be idealists in a way, because then we wind up as the true, the real realists. And you know who has said this? If we take man as he is, we make him worse. But if we take man as he should be, we make him capable of becoming what he can be. This was not my flight instructor. This was not me. This was Goethe. He said this verbally. And now you will understand why I, in one of my writings, once said, this is the most apt maxim and motto for any psychotherapeutic activity. So if you don't recognize a young man's will to meaning, man's search for meaning, you make him worse, you make him dull, you make him frustrated, you still add and contribute to his frustration. While if you presuppose in this man, if in this so-called criminal or juvenile delinquent or drug abuse and so forth, there must be a a, what we call spark, yeah? a spark of search for meaning. Let's recognize this, let's presuppose it, and then you will elicit it from him, and you will make him become what he in principle is capable of becoming. All right, that was Victor Frankl, uh, The Search for Meaning. I made that clip a while back on Within the Stones Media Network, uh, shared that on a Facebook page, and that's what an old project of mine was called, uh, Within the Stones Media Network. You saw those podcasts I was sharing from The Creature of Control. And Victor Frankl was someone who, after Nazi Germany, I, think, I believe he was a Holocaust survivor, he was analyzing psychology and analyzing you know what in human beings would provoke them or allow them to take such moral and ethical leave and go and do these horrible things in the name of just following orders or whatever else uh, excuses were given for the actions of the people and the actions that they took in a holocaust situation like that right and there's many other holocausts throughout history that could be focused on not just nazi germany we're talking about uh, pol pot mao zedong uh, Stalin and many other, you know, not so as mentioned holocausts that have occurred and what goes on in the psychology of people to allow them to lead up to a point of doing something like that. And one of the things that he found was that it was a lack of personal uh, 
growth and personal meaning, of personal self-development. Uh, the search for meaning to him was a solution to a lot of the things that go on in young men's or young women's minds. Uh, to be able to actually, and what he's talking about there is being a mentor and seeing that light, seeing that genius in somebody else and bringing that out of them, assuming that it's there, right? Assuming that it's already inside of them and bringing that out rather than assuming they're a machine and a mechanical robot that is deterministic and can be programmed. But seeing that spirit, seeing that light and that meaning within somebody else and helping them develop that. And it goes back to kind of what we were talking about in the beginning of this with autonomy and, uh, you know, that's one of the things that Richard does with the students and the graduates in that uh, arena is he constantly is pulling your mind up and elevating and helping to help you to do that to yourself, to help you see that genius within yourself, that it can be something that's nurtured. It's like something that w Walter Russell said, um, mediocrity is self-imposed while genius is self-bestowed. So going back to, again, this whole working on the self, working on the internal self versus working on the external world and how we'll wrap up today and something that I was going to do this whole episode on, but we can just talk about it a little bit here, was that search for meaning is an individual path. The path of freedom is the path of the individual, and this is a law. This is a law that I've come across and uh, need to formulate more succinctly in the formation of the rhetoric aspect of speaking about it. But there is no other way than the individual path to freedom because each individual's path is unique and different to them. It's an infinite amount of possibilities uh, that can be taken by all the different individuals. So there's not one path. That's why there's no group. That's why there's no movement. There's mentors, there's leadership, there's examples. But you yourself have to walk that path individually. And what I see with a lot of people is trying to get other people to see things how they see it. Trying to get other people to be woke to the things that they're woke to. And always concerned about other people's stuff versus what you need to be doing with yourself. What is it that you are doing in your internal world daily to make the world a better place? Not always focusing on the external. And that's, I think, where these movements and groups comes up is this lack of understanding that the, the movement happens internally. The anarchy is attitudinal. The mas no masters is an attitudinal way of facing the world and facing the slavery of the world and facing the uh, collective, right? It's an attitudinal thing that happens inside. It's not from exterior things. The exterior information can help provoke and ignite this inside of you. But the, the path is internal and it's yours. It's only yours. There's no voluntarist group. There's no collective of anarchists and freedom people that are going to pull us all out of the shit. And most people are always going to stay in the shit. That's the point, is that our freedom that people want, that people are seeking, is their path, is the path of the individual. That is true freedom because that is the point where you are operating as the you know agent you are the spiritual agent operating this physical matter yourself and all the responsibility and all the decisions are being made because of your free will you know proof for this spiritual side and you know it's not you know the materialist atheist 
viewpoint on the world is not going to recognize any of these things or frame anything in, in the things I've been saying about being an authentic self and understanding the self and your free will decision to walk your own path. I mean, there is no free will in the atheist uh, deterministic worldview, a scientism and you know, godlessness that, that the nature is just a big machine and it's all deterministic and you're just a bunch of chemicals firing together and based on the responses that are coming in, that's how you're acting. You're just, you're just operating on what's coming in and that's what goes out. It's just a deterministic, non-free will mechanical universe. You know, and it's like, well, then why even bother talking to you? Why are you even trying to make your point? What's the point in even trying to do that? Are you not giving any free will right now? You just think that my biological chemicals needed to hear that right now? You know, but again, they're not thinking if they're deterministic like that, if they're uh, materialist in that way. They're not actually doing the thinking. To them, it's just a machine. So, you know, it's a whole different paradigm than the atheistic, Darwinistic uh, worldview. And so they don't include things like the self. They don't include things like uh, being an authentic self or freedom of the individual because there isn't an individual in the Huxley and Brave New World collective, right? You, the individual doesn't have rights, doesn't have needs, doesn't have uh, freedom. These are all... So there's totally two different worldviews that they're coming at it from. You could go back and, you know bring up perennial arguments of uh, Aristotelian versus Platonism uh, view of knowledge and epistemology, right? But I think a holistic worldview uh, comes together recognizing that, uh, you know, there is such a thing as an individual. You do have uh, something about you that is unique, and there is uh, no such thing <laughs> As the collective, the, the group is a, is a category, something that we've created. The group doesn't actually exist, you know. And again, the people in the groups, the people in that mindset are, are raging against this. The, the, there is, oh, what do you mean? What about this here? What about this label? What about this thing we put on it? And it goes back, you know, to a, an argument of nature versus the creation of man. Things that are actually of nature. Things that even we can represent that are of nature. Uh, through our actions, things that are in alignment with the laws of nature. And then there are things that are not existent in nature, such as a group, right? This is, this, is, this is a category that we use to understand things, understand groupings of two or more individuals and categorize them in this way. But there are individual agents within those groups and collectives. And it goes back you know, to v Viktor Frankl and the whole Nazi Germany issue of people just following orders and uh, executing these people because of an ideology, that is a group, a hive mind thing that happens. Individuals don't do stuff like that. That's when you've accepted the hive mind. That's when you've accepted the group think. And uh, that's the only way that people can tend to justify those actions seemingly are once they have that uh, acceptance from the group. And so, you know, the search for meaning and discovering that true potential within yourself these are all tools. These are all uh, things that can solve the problem of what you know happens with groups and collectives when they stop thinking, because we see in very recent history what happens in groups and his in when they stop thinking. Like in uh, go read the Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, 
and uh, what happened in the Soviet Union with the, the different depopula <laughs> depopulation, the different genocides that went on and locking people up and imprisoning people for speaking or saying certain things or th thinking certain things or having different belief systems, right? And even the communists themselves were eventually, I think uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn sympathized with the communist party, right? Even they themselves were eventually locked up in these prison camps. So it's like uh, Yuri Bezmenov was saying, like the social justice warrior will not be able to deal with the world that they've created once it gets created. And I think we're there now. And the social justice warrior, you know, has all these contradictions in what they want, right? They want uh, away with the patriarchy, that, right? The neo-feminist, down with the patriarchy. But then you see that most women and these women are attracted to the alpha male, to the dominant male of, of the group, or they're, they're definitely, you know, put them up higher. And so there's this patriarchy issue, but then the females are also attracted to alpha males, like on, on a one-to-one -one basis when you look at it. And they don't like these soft males that don't, you know, uh, stand up or, you know, create a, um, not a, not a violent attack, but a defensive, um, you know, the sacred masculine principle of defense, of self-defense. And so the different tools and things that, and, you know, ideas that you would need to bring that together into a person, it seems to be, those are all frowned upon in one way, but then women don't seem to like that in another, in another way, men that don't have these abilities and skills. So there's like this contradiction there, right? In in some of the more modern movements, and the world that they're creating is not the world that they want, or you know, well that that's what happens with the contradiction is it just turns into crap, and uh, it doesn't need to make sense and logical sense in the end. So I don't need to try to make logical sense out of that contradiction. I remove it and see that it doesn't add, add value to my paradigm, to my world, to the information and wisdom that I've gained. Uh, that being said, it doesn't look like we have any live call-in people today on Discord, uh, so that's no problem. I think people are just getting used to the fact that I even have a Discord. I'm inviting people in slowly, and uh, we'll see how this goes as time goes on, but no problem. I'll be back again on a Sunday to do a live stream, definitely tomorrow, uh, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, 6 p.m. Eastern. Catch the live interview I do with Chris McMillan of Truth Conduit and autonomy and we are going to jump on and have a good time tomorrow night and then beyond that before the end of the year we'll see if i'm able to put on uh, some more shows i may not be able to because we're going out of town um, to mexico in december for the holidays to spend time with cassandra's family so we'll see how it goes we'll maybe have a couple walk and talks before then or something like that but feel free to shoot me an email feel free to re feel free to reach out and uh, I'll be seeing you again next time. I appreciate anyone who watched this to this point in the end of the episode. And I look forward to talking with you guys again in the future.